and welcome to Broken But Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined on the live by wrestler and host of the Funny Cash Shows podcast, Sugar Duncanson. How are you doing this evening, Sugar? Hey, hello, hello, hello. Hey, you. Hey, UK. This is this is gonna be fun. Like, I think this is my first. This is my first European podcast I've ever done. So, like, get the, yeah, you get the. I guess, like, you get the infamy or you get the honor of it, whichever way you like to put it. Yeah. I feel both infamy and honour. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this evening. Um, well, for, uh, congratulations on winning George's Wrestling History Award for Best Male Wrestler. Was it Wrestling Entertainer? So. Appreciate it. Um, I, like they, I think they had to really confirm what the difference was between that two because uh, they've got like technician and then they've got performer. You know, technician is you know all the good Bret Hart. Benoit, all that good stuff like that. Whereas, like you know, on the other side, it's like entertaining and all that good stuff like that. So yeah, I'll take that. I'm 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 super happy with that. It makes me happy. <laughs> all right, so um, firstly, before we get into your career and stuff, um, how did you get into wrestling as a, as a fan? So. Sure. Um, as far as getting into wrestling, like um, it's one of the earliest memories I could ever remember having. So like, uh, I think it was gonna have a, it was gonna have to deal with me one way or another. Um, I just remember, like, being super young, and, like, my dad left a lot of uh, VHS tapes. I, I grew up with a single mom, yeah. um, so she had a lot of VHS tapes that had, like, um, you know, aside from just having, like, some of the best cartoons that you would ever want to see mm. in the history of cartoons. I'm talking about, like, dinosaurs and Transformers and Defenders of the Earth and oh, all that other well, the ones stuff. I grew like, up with. All my nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for all my nerds out there, like, yeah, that's the good stuff. But, um, you know, Robotech, all that good stuff. But um, on a lot of those tapes, uh, there was, you know, like they had the they had the channel AFN. Yeah. So we got a lot of pay-per-views for free. So we had like a ton of NWA, ton of WWF, all that other good stuff. And like WrestleMania, WrestleMania 5 is like one of the first memories I can ever remember having. And that was like Savage and Hogan. Yeah, at oh, the end of the you know, Mega Powers. Brilliant. Yeah, man. It's just, it was colorful and stuff was happening and like there were big celebrations and good music and all that other good stuff like that like I couldn't I couldn't imagine that not being a part of my life like after just watching so much of that on a regular basis so like yeah like I was hooked from like that point and it just continued and it spiraled off there so who was your favorite wrestler growing up um Growing up, it had to, like, if we were talking about High Carter, it had to be Macho Man. Oh, he's mine. But, like, yeah, but, you know, as as life went on, I kind of find myself being fixated with a lot of the more mid-card and colorful performers. So, like, that would be, like, Coco Beware and all the good stuff like that. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just I just liked it. I was drawn to it. And, um, but if we were talking about High, high Card, it, most definitely Macho Man. Like, he had everything. Like, he was, he was the man. Oh, he was brilliant. He was my favorite of all time, so... Good so, taste. Yeah, so what prompted you to don the tights and get into the ring? So. Um, I was trying to find every opportunity as soon as I could. Like, I knew that was going to be something that was going to go down, and it just so happened that it all started to come together. Um, I, my, my hometown is Augusta, Georgia, um, here in the United States. And it just so happened, because me being me, you know, in my wrestling diet, one of my favorite things I tended to watch were the uh, – you know, some people refer to them as the C show. So like, I was a big like Sunday Night Heat, jacked that guy. Yeah. Like, like I was that. I was watching those shows. 
So it just so happened that they had like a run on our local TV channel of Jack. And um, it lasted for about six weeks because nobody was really paying attention. So I caught it on like, I'd say like the fourth week or something like that. And it just so happened that during that fourth week, they ran a commercial for a wrestling school that was local to our area. Yep. And the thing is, if I hadn't caught it, you know, I would have never saw it. Like I would have never saw it again because it only was on for that limited run anyway. But, um, yeah, so I saw it, I started there and then, um, it just kind of went from there. Like, you know, um, all love to the school. I mean, it broke me in, but like, you know, it it didn't really get me set up for like the stuff that I would go on to do. It just broke me in. I had to unlearn a lot of stuff and, you know, like still try to figure it out when it was all said and done. So when people ask me who my trainers were, I usually credit uh, David Raines, Jeremy Vane, and uh, Murder One for my training. And I had to, I had to kind of travel around for a lot of that yeah. once I first got started. Yeah, I've watched uh, a few of your matches on YouTube over the weekend. Um, I enjoyed your matches with Rich Swan and Ka- Ka- um, Sammy Callahan in 2011 for oh. Force One Throw. Um, I enjoyed your matches oh, with Leo Rush in 2016. Um, Chris Aero 2015. You have a great mixture of technical and comedy um, who, what was the wrestler you liked to mold your style around was um, honestly like I was a big fan like I was a big fan especially when I started watching more indie wrestling yeah um, big fan of Cole Cabana man like he uh, I, I've had the pleasure of getting around I've gotten a tag with him once and I've wrestled him in singles twice wow and um, huge like huge fan of his work dude like um I know he's he's got a lot of other things going on now, so it's like, you know, it's not just wrestler anymore. It's like, you know, podcaster, general personality, all that other good stuff. But, like, as far as being able to put the two worlds together, dude is like, you know, he's up there, especially for um, on an independent level. So um, I appreciate him. Like, I just appreciate him a lot, whether he knows that or not, in terms of how he gets down. And then, um, in general, it's just I'm, I'm kind of always – kind of out there guy, kind of a slapstick guy. That's that's who I really am. Mm. So um, I kind of like that ability of being able to kind of put that together and kind of do some square circle theater with all that. So um, a lot, like I've just I just got fortunate that like people like what I was doing, and then I was able to just kind of put it all together and whatnot. But that's where most of it comes from, and like. I'm big on personality. Like, I, if anybody who follows my Twitter, um, at Sugar Dunkerton, um, you know, I'm still a fan of wrestling. I, I know it's, like, not a, a trend. Like, like I, I know it's, like, a big thing where it's, like, if you like wrestling, you're supposed to really hate wrestling. That's, yeah. like, the trend. I, I, I don't know what that is lately. Like, no, you know, no. like, oh, if you're in the business or if you're a fan of the business, you're really supposed to hate it. You're supposed to talk trash every chance you get about what's wrong with wrestling. But, like, uh, nah, like, I choose to be a fan like i celebrate you know i still watch stuff i still mark out for stuff i feel like uh you know at at the end of the day we all still mark out for stuff it's just we're trying to be cool kids when it's all said and done um you know i was watching lucha underground before uh i talked to you and that's one of my favorite things to watch because the storytelling is still there the characters are still rich and i always feel like if you got great characters you know, you, you can't go wrong with everything else. Like, everything else is just great. Like, they'll watch and they'll sit through anything they're about to go through because they care. And that's my big deal. I just like to make people care. They still haven't put um, Lucha Underground on the UK Netflix yet. I'm, I'm 
I'm so excited when I heard that it was going on Netflix and just have that slam put it over here yet. So as soon as it's on, I will be watching right. it. So still haven't given it to y'all, uh, yeah. like on the over on the UK is what you're saying. Like it's on the United States side, but not the UK. Yeah, it's not. What are they doing to you guys? Oh my God! Like y'all. Oh, y'all, y'all deserve better than that. Oh, goodness, that's, that's, that's no good. That's no good. Oh, I've heard so much good things about it, I need to watch it. So. Gotcha. <laughs> so where did the name Sugar Dunkerton come from? Um, the name is derived from a movie called Semi-Pro. Um, Semi-Pro is a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. Right. And it happens to have, um, it happens to have Andre, one of my favorite Andre 3000? Yeah. yeah. And I get, I, I get comparisons to him from time to time. Um, like, whether it be, like, philosophies or just general style and all the other stuff like that, which which I love because I think the world of um, That said, um, he uses a ton of nicknames in that movie. Like, he, he throws away nicknames, like, every other uh, every other time in that movie, yeah. uh, which I absolutely adore. Um, so one of the times he comes out there and he's like, you know, you gotta, yada, 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 sugar dunkers in. And I'm like, oh, I said that's got a little, that's got a little sauce to it. Like I'm, I'm kind of digging that. Like you know, I let it swirl around a bit. At the time when I was doing the basketball gimmick to start, um, I was under the name Kareem Abdul Jamar. Yeah. Like when I was doing it, so um, <clears throat> it wasn't until I got to Chikara where you know I, I get to talking with Mike Quackenbush about everything and whatnot. He's like, it's interesting that he says it's interesting that you actually come to me with a basketball gimmick because. I have a character that's doing a um, I have a character that's doing a baseball gimmick, so I figured this was, this is good. He said this is divine providence. This is happening at a good time. Yeah. So he's like, so um, he's like, so uh, we can make this work. He said the only thing that um, the only thing we just got to be sure on is a character. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so then let's give the character a name. And then um, it was between Kareem Abdul-Jamar. So, so let me give you some behind the scenes. List. Yeah. It was between either Kareem Abdul-Jamar, which he wasn't like thrilled about because he was like, I get it, Kareem Abdul-Jamar, ha ha ha, but you know, nah. So it was either that. Yeah. It was gonna be. Uh, how familiar are you with down south, like in the southern part of Georgia? How familiar are you with speak like that? Not much. Only what I hear on television. Okay, great. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because we're learning. We're learning about each other. So um, down south, uh, we have a term called shouty. S H A W T Y. Or if you're trying to be softer with it, S H A W D Y. Most of the time, it's referring to like a good-looking female when we say it, um, or you know, it's just like. We, we kind of call it somebody like Lil Bruh or something like that when we say it. So it's like, what's up, Shawty? What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. So one of the names that I had pitched was Shawty Roosevelt. So I was like, that sounds like a super ABA basketball name game. Then on top of that, it's like, um, I can imagine like a full arena chant Shawty at the top of their lungs. Yeah, that would be amazing. And then there was, was Sugar Dunkerton. And he was like, yeah, out of all the choices that we got, I'm liking this Sugar Dunkerton thing. Let's run with that. And I figured that's what was going to happen, but it was like, it's worth a shot. Let's get it. And there you have it. Sugar Dunkerton was born. And that tag team was the Freebacks, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And um, it gave me the gift of one of my favorite people and one of my favorite tag team partners I've ever had in life, um, Dasher Hatfield, if he ever gets a chance to listen to this. Hmm. Um, I, like, I love him to death. He's genuinely one of the best people that I've ever had a chance to get to know in this business and with how crazy and cut 
from this business can be sometimes. It's just good when you meet genuine people, and he's definitely one of the most genuine of them, and a hell of a talent. Uh, could you take us back to your first match um, ever? Um, like, what do you remember about oh, about I, it? And in hindsight, <laughs> what were your opinions about it? Was? Sure, uh, sure. No, nobody ever asked that. Like, wow. So um, this will be this will be a trip. Like, this will definitely be a trip. Yeah. Um, my very, 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 very first match was for um, NWF, which was the National Wrestling Federation. Um, and it wasn't really national. It was, like, in one city yeah. ever, usually. <laughs> so, like, you know, Augusta, Augusta Georgia. Um, it was out of a, uh, a Taekwondo dojo because, like, the, the martial arts would happen in the front and, like, the wrestling would happen in the back. It was kind of like the mullet of, like, you know, sports. You know mm. what I'm saying? Party Business in the front, party in the back. And uh, uh, it was me versus uh, GQ Panther was his name. Yeah. Uh, Panther was a very tall, um, good-looking, light-skinned gentleman. Like, I, I got to give him, like, a handsome dude. Um, he had a penchant for wearing um, female-related clothing, but he made it work because he just had it like that. So um, I think on this occasion, he had a dog collar with uh, – some very tight pink shorts yes. and like uh, lace leggings or whatever it was. So like, I guess he dressed for the occasion or whatever. I guess that's just one way to put it. Um, at the time, um, at the time, I, th- I think I was just going like I forget whatever name I was using. Like I was, I was going through some like martial arts phase at the time. So Ooh, I, I was wearing like yes, yeah, so I was wearing like a pair of like wrestling shoes, but I had like a um, I had like a whole kung fu gi on, man. And, uh, oh, I, think yeah, you, I you, you think you mentioned this on your podcast? Was it Captain Crunch or something? Captain? No. Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. Oh, oh, my God. He said Captain Crunch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that gimmick was Captain Crunk. Crunk. C-R-U-N-K. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine, bro. That's another down southism. Yeah. Um, we, we don't use it much anymore down here, but at the time, whenever we said, like, you know, it's Crunk, like, it's wild. It's. You know, it's going down. Like, like there's a, there's a lot of craziness going on. Like, that's basically what it meant. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I love it. You're getting, edu- you're getting education. It's great. Like, I love it. So, um, yeah, like, I, I, I was nervous because, like, at the time, like, you know, Panther was definitely way more experienced than me. But I couldn't have asked, I guess, for somebody better to step in at the time because he just knew what he was doing. And, like, if... I got lost. He just made sure to like bring it back together. And um, at the time, I was I was a bad guy. So yeah. uh, we did our thing, and I slid over um, in a dirty way when I did. And so began the legend of inadvertently. So began the legend, the legend <laughs> of Sugar D. I just never thought it would it would get this far, and especially looking at some of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You, you never imagined. You just never imagined that. Uh, we've had a, qu- a question sent in by Peter Blackham. He said um, he would love to hear your thoughts on the independence wrestling now compared to what it was when you first got into the business. Uh, I guess, I guess, okay, I guess the only thing that's really changed now is just the fact that, like, um, well, there's one thing that hasn't changed yeah. in a bad way, and then there's another thing that has changed in a good way, so... Uh, let me just get the wax stuff out of the way first. Um, one thing that has that hasn't changed in a bad way is like there's still an obsession with um oh um this is cool I'm just gonna do this and when I say that I just mean 
I think a lot of guys will watch stuff that popular guys are doing right now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to do that cool thing that he does, and that's bound to get me noticed or whatever. Um, especially in this world that we live in where the attention deficit is, like, super short. And um, there's a lot of, you know, everybody likes to watch GIFs. Everybody likes to watch clips, yada, yada, yada. Nobody really likes to study why something is over. They just look at, it's over, let me emulate it. Like, I guarantee you, like, um, we just had Wrestle Kingdom happen. Like, that happened on the 4th of January, right? Yes. Okay. So by the end of the month, there's going to be a bunch of guys that are online, and they're looking at clips, or they're looking at GIFs of all the crazy moves that happened at Wrestle Kingdom. So they're going to look at, like, highlights from the freaking four-way, or, like, the two big main events that happened, or... You know, they're already looking at spots that they're going to rip off and all this other stuff like that, which is well and good. You know, that's no problem. That's just the art. Um, the thing that bothers me, and it's something that I learned from when I used to study tapes or I used to watch other stuff when I was younger versus how I watch them now, is I got so caught up on watching something that was cool I could emulate versus watching how they made it cool. And a lot of the time, it's not even the spot. It's the stuff around the spot. Um, one of my favorite matches from Wrestle Kingdom, and I'll go on record, yeah. was um, Goto and Suzuki. Like the, you know, the never match. I usually love the never open weight matches anyway. Like, I like that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm funny like that. Um, either I like over-the-over-the-top sports entertainment, like make-me-laugh sports entertainment, yeah. or I just like to see people, like, knock the crap out of each other. And, like, never always is good for that. Like, they're always good for that kind of stuff in the singles match. Um, there's facial expressions and selling and um, just little things that lead to whatever the cool spot was that's getting gift that really make that thing come together. It's like there's a reason why they put this at this point in the match where they did all this before they got to that. And I feel like you're losing something if you don't study how they got to it versus just trying to do it. And it's a shame because um, that's what makes really, really, really good wrestlers. And a lot of the guys that are in the spots that other guys want to be in do just that. They have cool ways of being able to get where they get to in matches. And it can't be emulated, whether it's by character or um, cell or facial expression. I feel like a lot of that is lost today. And it's a, it's a shame because people can get so much more out of their work if they were able to find like their inner character or able to find how to pace themselves to be able to get to the cool stuff that they want to get a pop for. And I feel like a lot of that happened around the time that I'm talking about because I started in 2002. Yeah. Um, and I really don't give myself credit for 2002 up to like maybe 2007, 2008 because I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of like wading through the water at the time. I didn't really get focused and get good until after that when a lot of things got corrected. But that's a prime mistake that I was making. Like, let's just do some cool stuff back to back to back to back to back. Don't worry about how we're going to pull the crowd in or why it makes sense or why we should do it here. And um, I feel like if you really want to get ahead, if you really want to stand out, that's what it takes. You have to get the details in between. Um, as far as for the good, it used to be hard as an indie guy to get signed um, because that's not what a lot of the major companies wanted. Like, they would sign you so that they could reprogram now you are a brand and with social media and all this other stuff that's opened up there's just so much cool stuff that you're able to go ahead and get done now for yourself to the point where there's some people who don't even need a major deal in order to be a brand it's just a matter of 
how they maneuver it and how they do it. And I love that. Like, I love that the big companies have recognized that. And I love the fact that when big companies do get a hold of that, they find ways to make that individuality and that independent brand work for them. Like, it opens up a lot of doors as a uh, professional, like, uh, whether you're going to have a major company to work with or not. Yeah, I was going to ask him how important the advent of social media has become to guys on the to on the indie scene compared to what it was pre was it two thousand eight it came out wasn't it? So. Yeah, um, it's paramount. Like, um, we wouldn't even be having this podcast now if it weren't for like social media. Like, my um, my tour wouldn't even be a thing without social media because um, a lot of the times people found out about what I was doing via like tweets or YouTube or all this other stuff like that. And um, we were able to stir the conversation up between that. And um, it's a beautiful thing being able to connect people like that in like it's in its own strange way. It's like, here I am all the way in Georgia, able to reach out to other companies all over the world. Like I wish there were wrestlers who had it that easy because even when I was first starting off, like the biggest technology at the time was like what? Email and yeah. maybe YouTube. You know, and, um, yeah, and a lot of people didn't even think to use YouTube as like a resume at the time because it was so it was so fresh, like it was so young. You still were sending out VHS tapes. Oh God, <laughs> the VHS tape era. Uh, oh yeah, those those must be those were good times. Mm. Um, you gotta hope you go to a company. You gotta hope you go to a company that's either taping your stuff or you gotta bring your own video camera. Hope it gets set up right. Hope everything goes good. Um, hope the match goes good. Then you take the videotape, record it to another videotape. Um, hopefully get like a few more in there. Like if you can get a few lined up together, you still got to film your own promo and get it right on that videotape. And then you got to mail it off, all the shipping involved. If you got a bunch of companies you're trying to apply for, you got to do that. You got to play the waiting game. Some of them will never even message you back, all that good stuff. Whereas now it's just a few emails, a few YouTube links. Hey, let me attach a photo if I'm feeling a little special. And it is what it is. That's why when people complain about promoters not getting them back or whatever, it's like they were still doing the same thing back then, and it cost you way more not to hear from a promoter back then. So, yeah. like, chill. <laughs> like, it's okay. But uh, this is cool. Like, social media has made everything way more accessible, and um, I love it. I just ask that workers and wrestlers be um, responsible because, as we've seen more than once, um, it's really messed up. It's really messed up a lot of people in ways that they weren't expected for it to mess them up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, how do you waste the hours away traveling between shows? Um, I do a lot of my own driving. So you know, and you know, not complaining. Like, um, although promoters, if you'd like to fly me in, like, I'd be perfectly okay with that. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, that said, uh, usually with a lot of my driving, like I'm a big music fanatic, so I got a ton of playlists and a ton of music uh, downloaded and at the ready so I can get my listen to. And um, I'm also super big on podcasts myself. Like before I got into podcasting, um, there is a ton, of, a ton of podcasts I like to get into. Like, of course, Art of Wrestling, um, How Did This Get Made, The Art of Charm. Um, oh, I love this. How Did This Get Made? That's one of my favorite. Oh, God. Like, and they talk about, like, like three fourths of the movies are movies that like I own, like, yeah. like I have in some way, shape, or form. So it's like it, it's funny just seeing the stuff that um, they catch versus what I've caught about the movie, and um, it, it, I love it. Plus, um, the comedians that are on that show, I believe, were like um, 
comedians you'd either see on The Human Giant or like um, the the League, which is another one of my favorite comedies. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm in. Like they got me. Mm. Um, but yeah, like uh, Hannibal Bur- Hannibal Burris's Handsome Rambler. Um, yeah, just a lot of good stuff. So um, when I think about how I wanted to put my podcast together, I base it off of stuff like that. Um, there were already a ton of wrestling podcasts to begin with that talked about wrestling. So I was like, okay, if it happens to come up while I talk about mine, that's fine. But I need this thing to be relatable in a way where it's like, if you watch it, yeah, it comes, stuff about wrestling comes up, but we're talking about like life and just trying to succeed, like little stuff like that. So podcast and music, that's what, that's what keeps me going. Otherwise, I probably would have been swerved myself off of the road by now. Hey everybody, this is Steve Wilson, the man behind the monster, Congo Kong, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. Yes, as you mentioned, away from the ring, you've recently started the podcast and funny cash shows. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about the show? I've, um... um, sure. People have been asking me for years because I guess they uh, they feel I've kind of got the personality and the uh, talk track for that. Mm. They've been wondering why um, I haven't done a podcast before, but the the prospect just didn't interest me. Like it didn't it didn't make sense, and also at the time I didn't have time. So, um, it had to make sense before I started doing it. Like, I'm very big on that. Like, well, not the making sense part. Like, I've, I've done a lot of things in my life that don't make sense. <laughs> um, I just, I just gotta make sure if I'm gonna put time towards it, that if I, if I put time toward time towards something, it's just gotta be good. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to put time into something that's gonna be whack. So, um, I finally had the time, resources, research, Etc. Etc. So I was like, okay, let's just go ahead and do it. Um, the name Funny Cash Shows is a derivative of a, a Jay Z lyric. Yeah. Um, for, for those who know, I, I don't give it away. Like, <laughs> if you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. Like, that's part of the joke. But um, yeah, and it, it it relates to three things that are kind of dear to me when it's all said and done. Like, I love being funny. Um, cash doesn't rule everything around me, but it makes everything a little bit easier if mm. you're trying to get stuff done in your life. Oh, excuse me and um shows because it feels like i always got a show coming up like whether it's on the way i'm headed to one i'm at one um shows are a big part of my life so um in that i just made sure to promise myself it's like as much as much as i'd like to be able to just be like okay well let's talk about why raw is like this this week or like you know what impact is doing and all this other stuff there's many other shows that are doing that. Yeah. Um, it's not going to stand out. Um, I've had enough interesting things that have happened to me in my life, not just travels, that people would think either if I'm lying that like there's no that like if I'm lying there's got to be some truth to it. And if there's and if it's true, then there's got to be some way that I'm lying. So I'm just going to share some of it, and it's going to kind of be like my audio chronicle of just things that have happened in life. And, um, you know, maybe it'll inspire some people to want to do more and to succeed by having a good laugh. That's my biggest thing. It's like you'd be surprised how much crazy stuff can happen to you while you're chasing something down. Um, I I can't stress that enough. Like there's going to be crazy things that happen. A lot of it is just going to be how you react to it and how you receive the situations as they happen to you. So, um, it's more than just getting people to laugh on that show. Yeah. It's just getting them to be like, okay, you know, like, okay, I'm not the only one that's having, everybody asks that. It's like, why does this, why is this happening to me? 
I promise you, it's not just happening to you. Everybody's going through their share of crazy. Get through what you got to get through and, you know, enjoy your life. Yeah, I did actually get quite emotional listening to episode 7 when you were discussing your granddad. Uh, you got me thinking about my granddad who sadly passed away five years ago. And, um, my apologies, man. Um, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, I'll, I'll throw a question back at you. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Oh, he had cancer. So, um, okay. Yeah, just from, cancer sucks. Yeah. Cancer sucks. Got you. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah basically, you know, yeah, he was fine. One minute, six months later, he was dead. So, so, yeah. <laughs> I, know the, I, I definitely know the feeling, man. So uh, my, definitely my condolences on that. And, uh, yeah, like, um, if it if some of the episodes, I know like at least two of them, they're kind of nerve touchers and they're yeah. kind of meant to be. But um, if that's what it takes, good. Like a lot of people try to, uh, they try to act like we don't, they try to act like emotions don't exist sometimes. And it's like, no, they exist and they, they can be good sometimes. So just kind of let them happen, you know. Yeah. I also enjoyed um, episode two where you're comp- um, comparing being the green Power Ranger because um, your friends wanted you to be the black Power Ranger. <laughs> Um, tackling racism bro, in a, a, a yeah, approachable like, way, um, I was like, it's like, yeah, man, like um, it, it's something so small, but if you look at it in the the grand spectrum of things, it's like, yeah, like it, it happens like that a lot. It's like you know, like especially at a time where we're supposed to be a little bit more progressive, you almost mm. think that like nothing's off limits, and like there's still some people that act like that when it's all said and done. So. Um, that's what a, kind of one of those stories where it's like, you walk into it and, and granted, it was like, granted, don't get me wrong, it's hilarious. Like, to me, it's, it's hilarious, the execution of how it went down. Yeah. But when you look into the heart of it, it's like, that kind of stuff can really affect people when it's all said and done. So, let me, it's like, let me share some of my hilarious pain with y'all and hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't permeate to y'all in this day and age, you know what I'm saying? So, um, thanks. I, I I really appreciate you listening and whatnot. So you're a part of that contingent in the UK that's been paying attention now lately. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've listened to the first two and the last two. I'll listen to the rest of them but, um, tomorrow probably. So good. Yeah. I also like the petty tax story. So I, I, I recommend <laughs> that people to, to listen to it. It's brilliant. <laughs> a lot. A lot of people do, man. Like some, sometimes you just gotta charge it. It's a, it's, it's okay. <laughs> There's no, there's no shame. Just, you know, if you do it, just be wise about how you do it. But yeah, <laughs> charge it. Okay. Right, so on the podcast, you also plug Dropkick Depression. Is that an organization you're involved with? Or? Um, I'm not involved with it, but like I've heard about it. And um, I was interested in, um, I was very interested in the concept because um, before I made the move over to, before I made the move over to do this on a regular, like, you know, because I had to be, I had to split my time between like real life stuff and uh, between real life stuff and wrestling. Yeah. And now, like this is the full time thing. Now, um, I just wanted to help out or give notice or like just point people in the right direction of stuff that's like really worth it. So um, I heard about Dropkick Depression via um, social media. There we go, bringing people together again. Mm. And um, it's ran by Tara Calloway, but Tara Calloway is also associated with, um, believe it or not, a man I got to know after he uh, proceeded to put me through a table. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, Jeff Cannonball, uh, who's very talented, very talented wrestler, uh, one of the one of the champs over at H2O Wrestling right now. Um, so the two of them 
started this particular project just to kind of reach out and help those that have um, depression, organize uh, events, uh, give literature, all that other good stuff like that. And I think that's an awesome thing. We don't see enough of that that's related to professional wrestling where people are giving back. And um, as someone who suffered through it and tried to hide it for like a very long time, um, I just thought that was something that was worth being able to put out for them. Um, whenever I plug them on the show, it's it's not a thing where um, I'm charging them for it or anything like no. that. I just ma- I just mailed her and I asked her and um, let her know that I appreciated it and everything like that. And if they, if they didn't mind, I'd love to be able to just go ahead and plug them. And um, I do. And I, I feel like no matter what, because I do feel like um, pretty soon we're going to drop some advertisers on the show. But um, no matter what, no matter how much advertising comes to the show, I feel like that's going to be something I'm always going to keep on there when it's all said and done. Because um, when you bring wrestling and you bring that kind of uh, mental awareness and health together, I think that that's a powerful combination. And that's something that, you know, I, I want to be able to stand for when it's all said and done. So um, they'll always get my support. And I, I appreciate them for their project. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link in the description below this interview for, if anyone's interested in looking them up. Appreciate so, that. Yeah, so... The reason if you're coming on, you're doing a tour of the UK for the whole of February. Um, where can our yes. listeners see you? Um, well, it, it's, it's funny that you asked that because I just so happened to have a list of dates in front of me <laughs> that's going to come up on this laptop in just one moment. Um, first and foremost, before I start listing dates, though, um, I just want to give props to any company that has taken a chance on me, uh, like this particular one, I think you're making a, I think you're making a good decision, and it's not a chance that like, oh man, this could go really bad or this could go really good. I promise you, it'll go really good. But I appreciate you giving me that opportunity and that chance to make this uh, really entertaining and just really fun for everybody. Hmm. The closest I came to uh, work in England before was um, many years ago when I worked Irish whip wrestling for like a 10-day tour. Yeah. We ended up in Northern Ireland, which is technically the UK, but like it's like somebody brought that up to me. It's like it's it's UK in a very, very, very technical sense of the term. It's like you're, you're not in there, in there. <laughs> so um, I was like, I promise I will be in there, in there, and I'll see what it's all about. So here we are. Um, dates. As far as it goes, uh, we got February the 2nd and February the 3rd and February the 9th for Hope Wrestling, February the 4th for Title Wrestling, February the 11th for Russell Island, February the 18th for WPW Super Clash, and February the 10th and February the 24th for Preston City Wrestling. Um, I'm still open to dates even now, so like if promoters are interested, it's sugardunkertonbro at gmail.com, or you can private message me on Twitter or Facebook. Um, I'm very open to working as much as I humanly can while I'm over there, and um, I'm excited about the prospect. I'm even working on an exclusive design just for this tour. Yeah. So um, you gotta be you gotta be over there to get your hands on the shirt if that's the case. Uh, may even have an accompanying button to go along with it too. I'm trying to load up just to make sure that. Uh, when I get over them, man, I'm trying to give give a little bit of that new flavor. That's all. Like, uh, people keep bringing that up. It's like, uh, I, I like the prospect that when people think about me coming over there, I'm a little something different than what they've had over there. So I'm going to make sure I uh, give them every bit of what makes me different while I'm over there. So how far in advance do you find out who you're facing? Do you know any of your opponents yet? Um, yeah, I know a few. Like, well, I'm like, hold on. Actually, I only know one. I apologize. <laughs> um... The, the one person that I know 
I'm going against. I believe his name is Sean Only. Sean Only is that at Wrestle Island? Uh, um, that would be Title. Title. Yeah, I've seen Sean Only. Yes. He's brilliant. Really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, February, February the fourth. He, he has a very lovely swoop haircut, and yeah. I don't mean that ironically or sarcastically. Like if I had if I if I had hair of that grade, I probably would try it the way that he's, he's got de- it. He's deceptively tall. He looks in those pictures. He looks about six foot, but he's about six foot five. <laughs> Oh, he's got some height on him too. Yeah. Oh boy, that's where I was going. So this this should be good. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. I I, have, I don't know the rest of my opponents yet for the rest of the tour. Uh, for the rest of the tour, I'm sure as we get closer, more will get revealed. But um, I'm just looking forward to mixing it up, man. That's the that's the main thing. Like I don't care who they put in front of me, and I'm kind of feeling that way at this point in my career right now. Um, I'm so confident about how I get down. Like, just put whoever you're gonna put in front of me, man. And it's like I'm gonna make it. You know, I'm gonna make it work. Like I'm gonna make it work. They're gonna. They're they gonna. We're we gonna put on. That's that's how I feel about it. I've come up with some ideas. You could suggest the penises if you want to hear them. <laughs> oh really? Oh really? No. Like like please please like cause like I know a bit of the lay of the land, but that's that's what I kind of like about going over here. It's like I know a bit of the lay of the land, but not all of it. It's it's all of it is pretty new to me. So I was like, yeah, like like throw them at me. What yeah. we got? So at Super Clash, I reckon a cool match could be you and Two Cold Scorpio as Flash Funk against the Von Eric oh. Legacy. Oh man, um, I think Scorpio already has a date with Kendo Kashin that night. Oh, I thought um, he's on the same. Yeah, but. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to be the ruiner of dreams, but like I just gotta, I gotta keep it real. Oh, um, I'm sure you. Oh. But I will say this: <laughs> there, me and Scorpio had a lovely, me and Scorpio had a lovely match over in the states for Heroes and Legends. Yeah. Um, he was not Flash Funk. Uh, he was definitely too cold, Scorpio. Yeah. But like, um, honestly, had it not been for that match, um, which I gotta thank Jason Maples and Sean Coletta for uh, making happen over yeah. in Indiana. But if it weren't for that match, I would have never got to wrestle one of my idols. And he actually took me under his wing and gave me a lot of great advice, which led to uh, this contact for this particular show. So um, I'll probably oh, I'm a, I'm look, I, when I, I must have looked at the wrong poster. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, for, Preston, hey, okay. for Preston City Wrestling, you should challenge um, friend yes. of the show, Dini Olmark, for his Cruiserweight title on the 10th, okay. win it, and then have a Twitter war for two weeks. And then have a rematch on the twenty fourth, where Dean will win his title back. So please, hey, the whole point is not for him to win the title back. But like, let's let, let me ask you a question. So please tell me more about Dean Allman. He's a veteran of the game. He's been a I think two thousand. He made his debut. Um, I've seen him <coughs> twice. He's a mm-hmm. I wouldn't say high flyer, but he's technically very good. He's he's not the tallest. I think he's only about five foot eight, five foot nine. Gotcha. But he's technically brilliant. Bit of a, so, bit of a trash talker. Bit of a trash talker? Not really. He's he's very face. Okay. I saw you light up when you said Twitter war. That's the reason why I was there. <laughs> I was thinking of a way to to have a feud over the title for two weeks whilst you're doing other things. <laughs> but, hey, I'm, I'm open to whatever, especially if you're talking about title matches. Like, <laughs> let's get it. That means guaranteed money. Let's I, get think, it. I think it'll be a clinic if you put, if you put the two of you together. He's very good. So. And then at Wrestle oh. Island, which I'm hopefully I'll meet you at because that's my local show. So I think you and El okay, you and El Ligero would have a really good match because he's on that card. I've heard nothing. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about him. Like I see how um, I see how busy he stays over there, and like um, I love the gimmick. 
it's super colorful. Like it's cool just to see somebody that's like a luchador in the UK with just like good stuff. He's built from um, Mexico, like, but I, I don't think he's ever been to Mexico. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Well, he resides in the UK. Like I, I like I, I definitely apologize. Like I got that wrong with Generico too at one point. No, he's um, idea. <laughs> and, and, th- and thank God for Generico, you know, like mm. sacrificing what was left of his career to make sure he's taking care of the kids over there in Tijuana. He's he's a stand up act. Like I appreciate him. Yeah. Um. And but Laguero, like yeah, like I know we've got a number of shows together or whatever it is. If nothing else, I just look forward to meeting him. But like if we get to mix it up, I'm not mad at that either. Like I- I'm all for that work. I think I think you'd match very well because he's a technically brilliant and the comedy act as well. So. Okay. Uh, my son would like. What else we got on the wish list? My son would like you to beat up Hustle Malone at um, Vessel Island. Because last time we went, he put his hand out to, to Hustle to give him a high five, but he pulled my son's really expensive AJ Styles gloves off and stamped on him. So my, my son would like you to beat him up. That is that is rough. Like, I promise if I can't get a match with him, I'll try to sneak in a right hand or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's jacked. Okay. That's, um, I've run out of questions. <laughs> so before before you're at UK dates, have got any viewers from America? Can you see where can you see you in the next month? Sure. Um, as of right now, um, as far as confirmations go, because I'm actually hitting the road. I'll probably actually hit the road tomorrow. So your timing is great. Mm. Um, let me see. The the twelfth, I defend the freelance wrestling championship. Um, in Chicago, Illinois. Um, the 13th and the 14th, I'll be at uh, Pro Wrestling Experience in North Carolina. They're having a two-night tournament, the X-16. I'm um, yeah. super excited about that because that's going to be my first one. Um, after that, the 17th, Rockstar Pro Wrestling. The 18th and the 19th, there's a doubleheader for IWA South. And then the 21st, I'll be at One Fall Wrestling. Um, I, I got to look at the rest of the calendar because I, I, I want to say I got more stuff going on, but I don't want to. I don't want to jinx myself and say I got something that I really don't have something. Um, but if, if, if worst comes, if, if worst comes the worst, then all it is is I just got a nice little break until I hop on the plane and then I'm with you guys. Mm. And then you know I get to I get to go to the home of like good BBC television and like <laughs> cheer things. <clears throat> so I'm super excited. So what are you doing when you come over here? Do you have a have you got a base and then you're traveling to each show, or are you gonna stay in? Town, um, working it, working it out. Like yeah. I think that's the beauty of the situation. Like everybody talks about, like backpacking it in another country or whatever it is. So I think it's going to be a little bit of both. Like you know, I got some places that I'm based out of. Um, I got other places where I'm just sticking around. I hope to go to a few dojos or whatnot while I'm over there, or training schools where I can just like you know go um, rest my head but better my ability while I'm over there and whatnot. And um, I'm just really, I'm just really being a Ronin while I'm over there and just trying to. <laughs> You know, entertain and just figure out what's going on while I'm over there and make the most of it. And I'm going on record as saying, like, I'm really trying to give everybody everything that I've got, every company that um, is using me because I want to make it a point where it's so good that they're like, when's the next time you're coming back? Because um, I'm really to that point now in my career. I'm just trying to travel and see as much as I could possibly see. And this is it. Like, this is like a big opportunity to be able to do just that. And I'm hoping this is the first of many times I'm going to be able to stamp my passport over for England. So now at the Wrestle Island show, a lot of the lower card wrestlers are from the Al Snow's school in Runcorn, which is not far from Birkenhead. So I don't know if you, mm-hmm. you can make your way over that way. 
and there's a chain oh, called um, Travel Lodge, and it's quite, quite cheap to have a room. <laughs> it's only about twenty pounds okay, okay. a night, I think. So. Looking out, looking out. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, while we're talking prices, you said there's a chain called Travel Lodge. Like, so in in pounds, like how much is Travel Lodge running a night? About twenty pounds a night, maybe a premium room. Well. That's that's nice. Like that's not, like that's nice. Like good money. Like, like, I mean that in a good way. You want just a, a basic all. room with a bed and a tally and a shower. That's about it. That's, and isn't that all we need yeah. at the end of the day? If they got good Wi-Fi, I'm good. <laughs> so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Absolutely, because that's what makes the world go around. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to try to shotgun this real quick. All right, um, at Sugar Dunkerton on Twitter, Sugar Dunkerton, F-A-S-H-O for show, uh, yeah. so Sugar Nuggerton for show on Instagram. Um, we have Sweet Sugar Nuggerton on Facebook. Um, Funny Cash Shows, the main home for it is funnycastshows.podbean.com, but you can also find it on iTunes, Spotify, um, Stitcher, as well as on my YouTube channel, which is www.youtube.com slash So if you're that type that likes to stream it off of YouTube, you're very much able to do so. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sugar Dunkerton. Um, yeah, black shirts. It's, yeah. it's good to go. It's, it's good uh, for the soul. I like, love, I love soul. some of your t-shirt designs. You design yourself. Or... Yeah, like, like, um, like, I, I, they're definitely my ideas. It's just, I, I got very talented people to be able to bring them to life. And, yeah. um, like, I mostly go to Derek Sharp, um, Josie, Josie and Thomas Fury, or, um, Hiroto Fuganaga for those so like they all have three distinctly different styles and um i love all of them they're all super creative when it comes to their stuff so like um they always keep me fresh when i get ready to do things um other than that i guess the um only other thing i bring up i do have a tumblr uh it's sugardunkerton.com um it ain't really wrestling related or anything it's just if i think it's cool i just throw it up there yeah so um you may find some things out about me that you you know i think like oh wow that's cool that he likes that and again, you might not. So, you know, risk at your own peril. It's up to you. Um, other than that, man, like, those are the main hitters when it's all said and done. And um, also, uh, please keep in mind, if you do support anything on uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sugar Dunkerton, um, I've been making a conscious effort um, every few weeks to make sure I give a certain amount to uh, domestic abuse and uh, mental health mm. issues when it's all said and done. So um, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to make, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just being transparent. Um, I'm trying to make good money so that I'm able to give good money back. Yeah. So, like, I'm trying to give a percentage of what I got. So anything you get, you can, anything you, you purchase through me, just know that's going back to support some worthy causes like that. And I do make sure that I show receipts so that you know that's exactly what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, like, you know, if you already wanted to support, support even more. And, like, just know that you're giving towards some good stuff when you do it. Yeah, my favorite design is the vintage Special Dark, the Pulp Fiction-style one. Oh, man. Like, oh, I love that one. That, that one reminds me of Black Dynamite. That's yeah. the reason why, like, I, I love that one to death. Like, I love black exploitation. So, like, that's the good stuff. Like, uh, are you familiar with black exploitation at all? No. Not really. <laughs> okay. Basically, black exploitation, very popular genre in the 70s. Yeah. That's basically like um, Blackula and like Three the Hard Way and like all that other stuff where it's like 
the pimps are the superheroes, basically, and that kind of stuff. So, like, if I see you at Russell Island, like, don't worry, I'll give you the full, I'll give you the full crash course on that kind of stuff. Oh, don't cool. worry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 that's, my plan is to buy that T-shirt when I get paid. So. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> so hopefully, it, yeah, I'll be wearing it at Russell Island so, if it comes in time. <laughs> So that'll be my way to identify you if it all goes well. Okay, that'll work. Yeah, so all the links to all your social media will be in the description below this um, interview. So, so I've really enjoyed speaking today. Um, I'd love to have you on again in the future. Well, the, the, that's, the, that's the key, man. Like, hopefully, like, in the future, like, we'll have more to talk about. And I'd like to be more of a fabric in um, this particular, like, in this particular scene like it would be good that way we'll have even more to talk about so um let's speak that into existence man and um i also wanted to thank you for um having me on even asking me to do this uh it means a lot that anybody just wants to hear what i gotta say about anything you know so i never take that kind of stuff for granted i've really really enjoyed speaking to you i've been been really excited to speak to you all week well i appreciate it i just hope i lived up the expectations man (laughs)